This is the Gambling Gauchos. All right, welcome in to another episode of Gauchos After Dark. It is Monday instead of Saturday, but uh, something came up last weekend. We were traveling from Fort Worth. A little bit annoyed, a little bit tired. We decided to push it to today. Way more things to talk about today as opposed to a Saturday night. But we are brought to you tonight by Barnett Howard and Williams Law Firm. They're out of, well, let's just say West Texas because they cover it all. We hope you never have to call Barnett Howard and Williams, but if you do, they will be there for you. Red Raider owned. Partnered. However you want to say that. Uh, let's start with some Big 12 football from the weekend. If you want to join in, you can. Just request. I'll let you in. Kyle will be here. He is leaving the stadium. I believe Ryan Mainville might be targeting a an appearance as well. Uh, we'll see if they come in when they come in. Uh, let's start with the Big 12 football from over the weekend. Obviously, Texas Tech, TCU, uh, did not finish spectacularly for Texas Tech, but TCU had the best possible weekend that they could dream of, okay? You beat Texas Tech by 10. You show a little defense. You show a little offense. So they did have to come from behind yet again, which the committee didn't like. But Clemson loses. Alabama loses. And if you are looking at just those two things, TCU is absolutely in the mix now for the playoff if if they go undefeated. Uh, I sent you a, a host request there, Kyle. Um, it also says requested, but I it's not letting me accept you. Why is this? Why would that be, Kyle? Oh, there you go, Kyle. There you go. Kyle, what's up? Not much. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, we're rocking and rolling. How was the uh, – let's just go straight to basketball since that's what you're uh, coming out of. Uh, how was the atmosphere? Because it looked absolutely electric for at least the first five minutes. First off, apologies if it's windy. I'm going to try to block that as best I can. Um, student section was great. You're good. Um, it, you know, it thinned out in the second half, but for Monday night, given the opponent, um, I thought there was a really good amount of energy. The lower bowl was pretty much all the way full, and kind of the upper deck was maybe half full. So, uh, yeah, people were definitely excited for the season opener. Uh, I don't know if you saw all the other scores and uh, <laughs> highlights from the Big 12 games across uh, the world here. Um, I was just trying to go back and look at uh, see if Texas and UTEP were still on, but uh, obviously TCU basketball is a scare tonight. I believe Oklahoma lost straight up. Um, Kansas State finishing strong against UT Rio Grande Valley. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, finally pulled away from UT Arlington. So some interesting Big 12 basketball already this season. Uh, but let's go back to the football weekend. Um, Texas kind of cements their place atop the Big 12 conference. 
with TCU and with Baylor. Um, if I gave you those three will win the Big 12 title or somebody else, would you even bother with the field, Kyle, or do you think it's one of those three? Sorry, man, you cut out a little bit. Um, what was the question? Basically, if I gave you Baylor, TCU, and Texas, would you even bother with anybody else in a Big 12 title for football? I think Kansas State is not done yet. Out of the way. Of course, they lost both. Um, but if they beat Baylor, um, you know, they're they're hanging around with, with two losses. So, I mean, TCU is basically all but guaranteed to be in. They'd have to really collapse. And then you've got those three, four, and two teams still in the hunt. So K-State is at a disadvantage because they've lost head-to-head to the other two teams that they're tied with. But uh, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Well, you would hate to see a TCU collapse. I mean, that would just be brutal. Uh, nobody really wants to see that. Yeah, that would be a tough pill to swallow for sure. Uh, otherwise, you know, you just look at the weekend. Of course, uh, all 10 teams in action. Uh, Texas and TCU having good wins. Um, elsewhere, you had um, Oklahoma take care of Iowa State, and then Baylor kind of just chucking along here. Um, as far as Texas Tech goes, and I know we talked about it already, but you're looking at the middle to lower tier of this conference. You still have three left. Kansas uh, hammering Oklahoma State, and we need to talk about Oklahoma State too, but Kansas getting bowl eligibility. Iowa State with their first Big 12 win kind of rolling toward uh, eligibility maybe. Um, Is the bottom half of this conference any more clear than the top half right now? A little bit. I think Oklahoma has definitely rebounded with Dylan Gabriel getting healthy. You know, we kind of wrote them off early in the season, and rightfully so. I mean, they're not contenders of any sort. But They didn't write back? Do what? Dylan Gabriel didn't write back. (laughs) Well, I mean, he was hurt uh, when they got slaughtered a couple times. Uh, But now that he's back, I mean, they're decent enough on offense that in terms of bottom half teams, they, I think, appear to be the most dangerous. Um, West Virginia is probably going to have to fire their head coach. And, you know, they look – they look like easily the worst after that loss to Iowa State. So, uh, yeah, Texas Tech, right now it's kind of a matter of, like, do you fall into that really bad, like, 8-10 to 10 tier, or can you salvage something like a sixth-place finish, maybe seventh-place finish like last year, and still get to a bowl game? Um, you certainly have all the top-half teams in the conference out of the way, so that bodes well for you. But, you know, Ames is not an easy place to win. Oklahoma is – trending back up so we'll see well in kansas who gets bowl eligible for the first time since 2008 and then tears down their goalposts and takes it out to the river i guess that's the new thing to carry the goalposts outside of the stadium yeah well and on that note how bad do you want oklahoma state like this weekend or next weekend instead of four weeks ago like when you had oh yeah so i mean there is a when i was there's a what? There is a component of scheduling luck 
to all this. You know, like, I'm not saying OU would beat Texas with a healthy Dylan Gabriel, but they wouldn't beat him by 49 either. And I don't know if Texas Tech wins in Stillwater if they played that game next weekend, but like the Rods, certainly a lot better than the team they faced four weeks ago. Yeah, and well, I think you faced the best Kansas State as well. Uh, I think, not like Kansas State's falling off, but they were at peak Adrian Martinez when you played them, and that was good for them. Uh, quickly doubling back on Oklahoma State, um, after their first loss and kind of the, well, the playoffs out of the question, the defensive tackle left, and then they beat Texas. But since then, you have a really bad loss to Kansas State and a fairly bad loss to Kansas. Have they just given up? I mean, did Oklahoma State just lose, miss the miss the playoff, and say, ah, well, we probably won a Big 12 championship either. Let's just chalk it in for the season? Because it seems like that. It's possible. And, you know, the way they collapsed against TCU, they're winning that game by multiple scores in the second half and wind up losing. I mean, that that certainly can be a demoralizing loss to it, you know, ends up beating you two or three times. So that might be what's going on there. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Gundy. He, he's been down before, but always kind of finds a way to bounce back. But um, their fan base, and I guess maybe even internally in the locker room, maybe you're pretty frustrated with things right now. When he didn't help himself today with his – transfer portal comments saying yeah I'm never going to get in the transfer portal I don't like the transfer portal I think the transfer portal stupid uh, it's never going to work and it's just going to slow down and it's not important which you can have whatever thoughts you want on the transfer portal but A why say that out loud in a press conference and B with as much success as Oklahoma has had in the transfer portal like Oklahoma State fans see that and comment on it. And there's been some prominent Oklahoma State fans uh, who are totally out on Gundy already this season. But even more than that, it seems like every three or four years we get this season from Gundy that's just inexplicable. And Oklahoma State fans just seemingly want to fire him every five years. He gets past it every time. He's kind of a slippery son of a gun, but it seems like this year, again, he just wants to get fired like he did four or five years ago with uh, Corn Dog, when it seemed like he wanted to get fired that year. Yeah, and then, like, right as it's about to reach a fever pitch, he just wins 11 games, and then we're right back to square one. So, you know, they're going to finish something bad and disappointing this year, and – you know, they'll do just enough next year for him to kind of maintain some stability, and then they'll win 11 the year after that, and everybody will be back to, yeah, we'll just be there for life, and uh, the cycle will repeat itself because it's been that way for 15 years there. And and maybe this year seems like an extra big flop because of the preseason expectations in Stillwater. You know, not only Big 12 Championship, but they were a playoff contender in a lot of eyes. Um, brutal. And it just seems extra brutal. Um, so we've covered Kansas, Oklahoma State. 
We talked a little bit about TCU. Do you have any other thoughts on on TCU or or Baylor for that matter? Well, um, uh, no real additional thoughts on TCU. I mean, they've very much cemented themselves as the front runner. They're going to be in Arlington. Um, I, I don't buy them as a as a playoff contender because I think even with one loss, if they're twelve and one Big Twelve champs, I kind of doubt they'll make it. Um, I think they could even be leapfrogged by like a two loss LSU squad as it came to that. So I don't think anybody from the Big 12 will make the playoff, but they're in Arlington for sure. Um, I think right now the biggest question is which of those three, four and two teams makes it. And I warned people when Texas was 0-1 in Big 12 play that they might not be out of the race yet. And I think could be wrong. I know they get TCU in Austin. I think they get Baylor in Austin. And they're going to be favorites in both of those games. Now, they still have to get past the mighty Jayhawks, which has been an issue for them in the past. But I think of those three teams right now that are tied with two losses, that I would actually favor the Longhorns to be TCU's opponent in Arlington. Yeah, and I want to say Baylor is hotter. But, I mean, are they? Because Texas, uh, they might be a little up and down, but – they beat a pretty good Kansas State team coming off of a heater against Oklahoma State. So I was really impressed this weekend by Texas. Um, it, it just, you know, generally they've been up and down, especially under Sarkeesian. We're mostly down toward the end of the season, but I don't yeah. know. Baylor seems pretty hot. It's, it's one of those two, in my opinion. It's Baylor or Texas, I think, that'll finish. And it might be the winner of that game that uh, kind of punches their ticket. Yeah, I just feel like Texas has kind of been gifted an opportunity. You know, not many three-loss teams have so much in front of them. And, like, they control their own destiny for a Big 12 championship. That would be a New Year's Six berth. And so, for all the disappointment of losing to Alabama early in the season – losing to Texas Tech in their first conference game, losing to Oklahoma State. You know, besides making the playoff, which I don't think was ever a terribly realistic goal for them, it's all in front of them. And, you know, all they kind of have to do to get there is beat the Jayhawks and Lawrence and win a couple home games that they're going to be favored by about a touchdown or maybe even a little bit more in. So I think they're a dangerous team. Um, like I said, not many teams get to have three losses at this point in the season and have a clean slate and control their own destiny for so many, you know, big season goals like that. So I, again, I think I'm I'm favoring the Horns to be the Frogs' ultimate opponent in the Big 12 championship game. But I'm with you. I think is the least likely of the three. So I, I would rank it Texas, then Baylor, then Kansas State as far as the contenders go. Same. And I guess mathematically there's a few other options, but I think of the conference, like something really crazy could happen and one of these teams could still punch up, but I don't know. It just is, is more likely to me that one of those teams get it. Now, could Oklahoma, do they have three losses in the Big 12 play? They do. I, I'm sure there's some way where they could win out, and if everybody else gets yeah. the three losses, maybe they win one of those tiebreakers. But it seems pretty long, far-fetched. Long shot. Yeah. It does. It does. Hey, look, let's talk basketball. Let's do it. 
Um, Do you want to give them a reminder uh, of who of who hosts this thing, sponsors it? Oh, sure. Uh, Barnett, Howard, and Williams, our uh, friends, bhwlawfirm.com. Three double Texas Tech graduates, and they handle all sorts of cases, family law, criminal defense, catastrophic injury. So if uh, Daniel Bacho dunks on your head and you need an attorney because you've been defamed in front of 15,000 fans at the United Spirit Arena, call our friends over at Barnett, Howard & Williams. Proud sponsors of Gaucho's After Dark special edition on a Monday night. Um, my biggest takeaway is mostly all positive. First off, this team can make jump shots, not just one or two guys, but pretty much up and down the roster. Guys prove that um, mid-range, from three-point range, starters, rotation players. Uh, So that was very encouraging to see. I think we were anticipating a different style of play this year, and that's one way already that the team looks very different. Main concern, and I think obviously they've got plenty of time to clean this up, but the turnovers were just brutal. Um, it, it kept you from being able to cover the spread, which I thought you would do. And uh, so that's kind of like the glaring weakness, I think. Um, a couple just freshman mistakes, but you know you expect that early in the season. But overall, I, I think high level, very encouraged by the shot-making ability. And the defense is always going to be strong under Mark Adams. And so... Jump shots, defense, those are things that travel well, and that's a good combo. I think you'll be tough to beat if you can maintain some consistency in those two areas. Uh, Bacho looked like all the hype was true. He just he looks like a different athlete. I mean, just physically different. 12 and 10, man. He really thinks he's Dana Beers. You said you said this uh, this weekend that he that he thinks he is he's going to average double double. <laughs> um, I, I did see he had never been in double figures before on points. Yeah, his career so, high. Uh, I'm not sure what his career high rebounds is. I imagine he's pretty close if he wasn't also career high in rebounds tonight. But you know, yeah, it's Northwestern State, so we're not going to lead to any major conclusions. But there was a lot of hype around him all off season. And he's such an important piece while Fardaz is out that, you know, for him to go 12 and 10 was extremely encouraging tonight. Elsewhere on the roster, you had, you know, some good shots. I think Kerwin Walton, who was supposed to be the dead-eye shooter, I don't believe he made a three, but he he looked pretty good on defense. Um, Elijah Fisher had some just crazy finishes. One got hung on the rim, uh, but you see flashes there. Lamar Washington slick handles a couple times. Jalen Tyson looks like a coach on the floor, which is encouraging with leadership and otherwise. Um, really, really excited about the crowd. <laughs> it, it really was just the first half, but it looked yeah. like 15,000 strong early. Yeah, I don't, it probably wasn't quite that many. Um the lower bowl was mostly full. The student section in the lower bowl was jam-packed. So a very strong showing there. Um, another interesting takeaway, I thought, if if the rotations were any indication of what we'll see later this season, I think they kind of tipped their hand. Obviously, the starting five was what we anticipated. But they left O'Banner and Davion Harmon out there. And the first three guys off the bench were K.J. Allen, Spelling Bacho. Uh, Kerwin Walton came in for 
Tyson. Yes. And then Lamar Washington came in for Pop Isaacs. So you swapped your freshman guards there. And then it was a while before you got to Demarion Williams. I think he came in late in the first half. And I don't think Robert Jennings came in until the second half. And then kind of your first three off the bench. And they just moved Pop over to point guard later in the game. So you can definitely go with some different looks, but I think they sort of telegraphed who your top eight players in the rotation might be tonight. Yeah, and certainly a couple of these guys are guys that can play up uh, in minutes. Um, I didn't think anybody looked out of place tonight, uh, and you've kind of felt that in years past where there's one or two guys that are like, ah, maybe these, these guys aren't uh, hitting on full cylinders yet. Um, very excited. Now, again, Northwestern State, uh, we didn't get to see uh, Emmanuel. Is that his name? I don't think got in the game. Right. That was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, at, at some point, with two minutes left, and it's a 20 or 25-point ball game, why not? You know. Yeah, you got to check him in there. Um, when he's a – he committed to Memphis or whatever and then ends up at Northwestern State, but – yeah, he's like a pretty legit prospect, and yeah. uh, I, you know, if if he's a, an end of the bench kind of guy, I'm sure once Northwestern State gets into conference play, you know, his opportunities are going to be even further diminished. So it would have been cool to see him tonight. That the students were uh, calling for him. I think you know, certainly not in like a taunting way. I think it was like a respectful. They wanted to see him play because right. that's yeah. such a cool story. Uh, so that was disappointing and. Uh, I, I do think that the rotation, especially with so many young guys, is certainly bound to change throughout the season. Um, but I do think it was telling, like I said, the first eight in the rotation. But that that does not mean that a guy like Elijah Fisher um, can't move up the ladder, you know, as he gets some experience under his belt. But, uh, it, yeah, th- there was a lot of question marks in terms of, like, where would Demarion Williams, Kerwin Walton, Elijah Fisher fit in? And like I said, if today was any indication, I think we have a, an early answer on that before things unfold the rest of the season. Uh, as always, if you wanted to jump in, uh, you can. We've got about, I don't know, five minutes left if uh, we don't start taking calls. Um, Kyle, across the rest of the Big 12, I don't take anything off the first kind of – week or two of the season um, lots of teams come out flat but Oklahoma taking a loss and TCU not covering by 30 what was that a 37 point line so it was only 35 and a half okay so not so bad yeah um, do you take anything away from that or is that just you mark it up it's 1-0 or 0-1 and it doesn't really matter how you got there I think one game, no. Um, I, I didn't get to see any of it because I was in the arena. Um, but just looking at the box score, it seemed like an unusual game. I mean, I think at one point, Pine Bluff was like 11 for 22 from three-point range. You know, it, it, look, if anybody is shooting at volume with, you know, 50% from, from beyond the arc, they're going to be at the very least in the game. But at the same time, TCU was shooting – 10 times as many free throws as Pine Bluff. So maybe those two things are just like statistical anomalies that cancel each other out. Oklahoma loses an ugly, I think 52 to 51 to Sam Houston. They were 
16 point favorites. Um, no, I mean, it, if it turns into two or three games, maybe, but anything can happen one game. So I don't really take too much away from that, especially the very first one out of the gates when guys are rusty. You've got newcomers from the portal, freshmen, and we know chemistry takes some time. So I'll wait to hit the panic button on Porter Moser or TCU until it develops into more of a pattern. And it also goes the other way. There was a few years ago that TCU was like 13-0 in non-conference play because they hadn't played anybody. And then they get to conference play and they're like 4-16 and 16 or whatever it is, however many games you play, 4-14. Four and, four and 14. So, you know, there's two sides to that coin. I think maybe Texas Tech got a, a great opening atmosphere for the win. Kansas State certainly had a great opening atmosphere for the win. Um, otherwise, uh, here we got to, uh, Gark. We have Aztec guy. <laughs> yeah, Aztec guy. He's trying to do the family friendly version. This is going to be electric. Gark, what's up, man? You got to unmute there, Gark. Mr. Ass. Can you hear me now? What's up, man? Honestly, I was we just excited you. to see if you guys would let me talk. Um, I have a quick question. If you had to choose between a 50-50 chance at winning the Powerball tonight or uh, a guaranteed Texas Tech football national championship, what do you choose? Kyle, what would you choose? God dang, Gark, you can't spring a hypothetical like that on me. I would need to stew on that. I would take um, the Powerball. <laughs> this would Not take me. Really a question. No, no. This would take me days of deliberation. You know what, dude? I'm not that poor. Give me the natty. Like, it's yeah, I would nat- love. I would love a billion dollars. I would love a billion dollars, but I don't need it. Need it. You know, right. like, I hate to brag, but I do drive a 2008 Ford F-150. Um, <laughs> so, I want the natty. That's the, the correct answer. Because, like, dude, Rob, if you take the 50-50, you could get zero. Like, honestly, it's a – it might be an even harder hypothetical if you said $1 million guaranteed or natty guaranteed. Because I, I would not be able to stomach the result if you flip a coin, don't win the lotto, and, you know, Tech is still 5-7 and seven this year. That would be absolutely brutal. He said it was a guaranteed uh, Powerball win. No, I think he said 50-50 shots. No, no. Powerball. <laughs> Guaranteed Powerball win is too easy. Uh, oh, so you're going 50-50. 50-50 shot at yeah. $2 billion. Okay, you know what? Hey, I'm going to amend my answer. I'm going to roll the dice on the Powerball because if I win, we will have the number one NIL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All 32 first-round draft picks in the next NFL draft will come from Texas Tech, and we'll win the Natty. So – I could actually go two birds, one stone with this. Rob, if we it, Rob, if we both take the 50-50, that doubles our odds that one of us wins the Powerball. So we need to go in on this together and then just basically buy a natty. We could buy multiple natties. It's working for A&M, isn't it? <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, my girlfriend and I were talking about what we would hypothetically buy if we won it. And uh, after we listed all the cars and all the houses, I was like, also, I'd give like $500 million to tech football. 
Yeah, you'd, you'd be our Boone Pickens. <laughs> the Aztec Guy Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's the that's the dream. Yeah. No, I hey, hopefully someday. If, if we get a few more sponsors here on Gambling Gauchos, and maybe we'll maybe we'll get it done. <laughs> all right, that's all I had. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. If, uh, if anybody a, else wants to, if anybody else wants to join, you can. That was a good hypothetical, man. Yeah, I, I mean, even if it's fifty-fifty, I'm, I'm taking the chance. I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of resigned to. We'll see. All right, we got uh, another request here, Kason. Uh, what's up, man? You can answer the hypothetical too. Would you would you get a national championship for your team or a fifty fifty shot at the Powerball tonight? Casey, what's up, man? Gonna gonna unmute and speak to us there. He's just thinking really hard on the hypothetical. We blew his mind. Casey. Last chance, man. Yeah, we got a, a cactus here. Oh, there he is. What's up, man? It's my senior year, man. I think I would take the natty. Let's go. I really think I would. My mama would yell at me, but I really think I would take the natty. Here's another question. Is it an immediate national championship, or is it just sometime in the future you get a national championship? That's that's another crux to this whole thing. See, if it was if it was this year, I would definitely take the natty. If uh, if I because I graduate in the spring, so I think I would probably have to take the fifty fifty shot. Hey, I just thought of another component to all this. Okay, if you win the Powerball, you can basically buy a natty through NIL. But if you know in advance, like a sidekick, that Texas Tech is going to win the natty, you could just bet you know, an insane amount of money on their futures ticket and maybe win as much money as you would have won or close to it on the power. You can only, you can only bet the money you have, Kyle. I don't have an insane. No, 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 no. That sounds like 3d chess to me. That sounds like the way to play. Yeah. Yeah. I could get other people to fund it and be like, Hey, I know for a fact that Texas tech is going to win the natty. Like if the hypothetical is phrased that way. Hey, uh, Hey, Mr. Dusty, Mr. Cody. Yeah, I know what's exactly. Happening. Yeah, I'll say I'll, I'll donate. I say we're going to win the Natty. We're going to get like a plus fifty thousand return on it, and then I'll donate ten percent to the Matador Club. Oh, see, and they'll come the in on it with me. That's the move. Because I'm out to the Powerball. Two two billion, I think. Okay, so so Cody Campbell could give me like at least five hundred million, and then we'll make I don't know thirty to one on it or whatever Texas Tech odds are to win the national championship next year. And we'll make way more than that liquid. Uh, I don't know if, if he knew he was going to get a thirty to one or better return on it. I bet he could he probably liquidate some assets. Don't you? Yeah, I Great mean, time. yes, probably. Okay, so what else you got, man? Were you at the game tonight? Yeah, I was at the game. Just drove home. Just pulled into my garage. Uh, I just hopped in, but I was thinking, man, Pop looks good, and uh, as good as he looked on the court. I just love it when the announcer says "Pop Isaacs." That just that just rolls off the tongue. That's that's kind of the only thought I had. 
Yeah, he, he did look good. Um, he hit a three early. He hit another one, but he was they waved it off because he was out of bounds. But he's got a really good looking shot. Um, he did have a couple turnovers, like everybody, and you know that comes with the territory with a freshman playing his first game. But if he can clean that up, I mean, he can he can do some damage for sure. Just exciting stuff. But hey, appreciate you guys, man. I'll catch y'all. Thanks, man. Uh, we have another question. What happened in Norman? Oklahoma. What happened? Uh, I don't know, man. I didn't watch the game because I was watching Texas Tech, but uh, it sounds like Porter Moser happened. <laughs> I mean, the guy only punches up, and his offenses aren't great. Yeah, I'm not worried about Porter Moser in November. Call me in February and March. That's when uh, that's when yeah. he tends to shine. Yeah, I mean, he's a tournament coach. Well, I mean, let's not sell him short. Like, he got Loyola to a Final Four. In the tournament. Well, yeah, but, like, I mean, that it sounds like you're kind of trying to diminish his accomplishments. I am diminishing his regular season accomplishments, yes. Okay. Some coaches are just great in tournaments. Chris, Chris Beard's the tournament coach. That's not a knock. Okay. Well, only from real TJ Otzelberger. Yeah, he's, he was busy tonight, too. Uh, yeah, I got the uh, Cyclones, got the first dub of the season. Uh, I guess we played one of the worst teams in Division One basketball, but, I mean, this team is very different than last year's Sweet 16 team, and, you know, you lose a guy like Tyrese Hunter, and you, you're like, oh, no, what are you doing in the offseason? But they brought in, you know, this freshman from Ames, Ames High. Tame Lipsy played great tonight, no turnovers, and about 25 minutes of play. But one thing they were missing from last year's team is, you know, they didn't have a very – I mean, George Condit and, you know, you have Rob Jones, but they had no rim protection last year. They are extremely athletic in the front court, which will bode well for them, I think, in Big 12 play. Yeah, I uh, I don't want any part of Iowa State. They're they're just one of those Big Twelve teams that you find top to bottom in this conference. That it's just like it's it's like going to the dentist. It's an absolute rock fight. And even if you win, you just like don't even enjoy the forty minutes of basketball. Um, I think they proved themselves. I think Otzelberger proved himself not only bringing them back from zero and eighteen during the COVID year, but in the tournament beating a six seed, beating a three seed to get to the Sweet 16. Um, I have a ton of respect for for Coach Otzelberger and that program. And, I mean, who knows how this season specifically will shake out, but I imagine the Cyclones will just not be very much fun to play against for the entire time that he's there. Well, I'll just say that there's no way they're going to go undefeated in the non-conference like they did last year. I mean, they got to go out to or- Portland this this Thanksgiving break, and I mean, they got to play Villanova, and then they either got to play number one North Carolina, or which would be the main person if they win. But I mean, there's no way they're going to go undefeated. But I mean, the offense in the first game, I guess I don't want to overreact, but it looks a lot better than last year. Kalsher looked it's like a totally different person on the floor tonight, but. You know, I, I don't know. They're going to be in every game, I think. Their defense is just – it's just like it was last year. But I don't know. Be honest. Were you checking in to see how Tyrese Hunter was doing in Austin tonight? Oh, hell yes, I was. I, I honestly uh, haven't seen. Is he having a good game? 
Uh, I checked at halftime, and he had he is leading score with nine, but he had four turnovers. So, yeah, I'm I'm super curious how that's going to work with him and Carr just both being such ball dominant players. Well, he doesn't want the ball in his hand. Remember? Yeah, I mean, it, it, if they can find a way to make it work, I mean, that could be a really good combo. But I guess I'm I guess I'm skeptical until they prove otherwise. But if they do, it could be dangerous. It's going to be very hostile when he comes to Ames in January, early January. That place will be rocking. I believe it. And uh, I think maybe Chris Beard can give him a little bit of an idea of what to expect for that return trip. So I was listening to your Powerball thing. I would totally go for a national championship over them winning the Powerball. Iowa State was so close in 2014 when Niang broke his foot. They lost in the Sweet 16 to the national champs. But, oh, I'd take the national championship in a heartbreak. I love how insane college sports fans are. They will literally turn down a coin flip chance at $2 billion for just a single national title. Like Alabama fans, if they were listening to this, who have had like five or six in the last decade or whatever, probably think that we're insane. But Big 12 fan base are like, yeah, give me the natty. Like, I don't need a billion dollars. I just want a national championship for my favorite team. Speak for yourself. Hey, uh, Mr. Otzelberger, uh, one question. Three football games left. Um, how does Iowa State, who maybe figured some things out this last weekend, look in the last three football-wise? Well, you know, on Saturday, they finally got the running game going, but it, it took three quarters for them to get going. It was 10-7 going into the fourth quarter, and they an offensive explosion happened. I don't know how, but we finally got the run game going, which, I mean, it's it, to be fr- frank, it's just not been there all season since the first three games. But, you know, Jairo got banged up, so we'll see how, how that goes on. We'll probably find out tomorrow during the press conference, but – you know, Oklahoma State, they're really banged up right now. And we're a one-point favorite, which blows my mind. And you, you gotta, you're going to have a chance in every game the rest of the season. But I don't know. I just it's, I see us, I see it really hard winning two more games on the schedule. Hey, Rob, we got a, a tweet, um, kind of a spinoff of the hypothetical, asking how many, how many basketball national championships would you trade for one football national championship? I think for me, I would treat three basketball national championships as like the equivalent for football. So if you gave me the choice, two basketball natties versus one football natty, I'm taking football. But I think if you offered me three basketball natties versus one football, I would take basketball. Interesting. What about baseball? Where does that work in the equivalency? Is it is it a one three six, one three five? I think I would need like the most baseball national titles of any program in the country. What? Yeah, Isn't that like seventeen. It, it doesn't matter. Like, could you could you rattle off the last matter. five? Ba- hang on, hang on. Could you rattle off the last five winners from Omaha without googling in, it? In time, yeah, probably. Could you name the program with the third most baseball national titles in program history? Um, USC. Here's my point. There are there's probably like ten or twelve blue blood football programs, and even like Nebraska, Notre Dame, they haven't won one in forever. Yeah, they still ha- they still have that prestige. But I'm um, a baseball fan. In basketball, there's like four or five blue bloods. In baseball, if you're not the baseball blue blood, I don't really think it 
does you that much good. So yeah, who I would is, need I would need more baseball natties than anybody else. Who's the blue blood? In baseball? Yeah. Um I think Texas might have a case, honestly. Yeah, I just was gonna see if you say it. What do they have, like five or six? Um They've been to a. They've been to Omaha in every decade. Yeah. Um, I I honestly don't know my baseball as well. I uh, I know Oregon State has a high quality program. Stanford would probably be one. Yeah, Stanford. Stanford, Yeah. You got some some SEC schools. You got some non power schools. Uh, TCU certainly not. All right. So I need. I need Coach Altelberger's baseball fans there. I need Coach Altelberger's thoughts on this. How many, how many basketball natties is is the equivalent of one football natty in your mind? Oh, gosh, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, Iowa State hasn't been close since Pfizer's team in 08. or no, not 08, but Pfizer's team when they lost to Michigan State. I I don't know. I'd I'd rather win I don't it wouldn't matter to me when which one we'd win, but I'd probably choose a basketball over a football, honestly. Sounds like a one to one trade for me. If anybody's curious about my avatar, that is the best quarterback in the NFC, Kirk Cousins no, wearing Nobody's uh, curious on that. <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to ask, and it became apparent that nobody was, and so I was just gonna get that out there. Yourself. Yeah, the Vikings are actually seven and one, so uh, wait till they play the Cowboys. Haters furious. Uh, this off the the Twitter answers. People turning down a billion dollars for a natty are lying. Laughing face. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout out to the women's team as well. Yes, they got a big win. Uh, a little rough in the first quarter. Uh, but Riley McKinney looks poised to have a big season. She has a pure shot. Uh, based off tonight alone, Kyle, would you trade this year's team for last year's? Oh. I'll say no. Um, just because uh, on these hypotheticals, I almost always lean toward rolling the dice. And I'm so intrigued with what the offense is going to look like with Steve Green on the staff and with so many more shockers than you had last season. Now, I absolutely love Bryson Williams, Marcus Santos Silva, and kind of wish I could see those guys in a Red Raider uniform again. But I'll, I'll elect to roll the dice and kind of see how this season goes rather than uh, choosing to run it back with last year's team. Yeah, and I think that team hit their ceiling. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, absolutely elite defense, but I don't think they could have gone much further than they did with how limited they were on the offensive end of the floor. So, uh, yeah, that's my answer. Uh, Tad says we need to focus on Kansas. That's a good point. We're you know it's it's yeah. tough when when football and basketball overlap. All of us here on Twitter, we need to stay focused on the next opponent and not get worried about uniforms or leveling the bevel or trash talk with other fan bases. We just need to stay focused on the opponent. Or basketball. Right. Uh, last last question off the Twitter comments here. Uh, what do you think about all the turnovers? Which I think that's one of those, yeah, you, you're going to want to correct those. I don't know. There's much uh, 
commenting on that. Yeah, that's that's by far the number one thing to fix based on tonight. So I, I imagine that'll be a, a major point of emphasis going forward. All right, last call on anybody that wants to join in. Kyle, do you have any final thoughts? No, just want to say thank you again to Barnett, Howard, and Williams for sponsoring Gauchos After Dark this season. Fun to mix in a little bit of basketball and football and Powerball discussion. Um, we'll be back on our regular schedule, Gauchos After Dark, Saturday night. And then especially when we get into like conference play for basketball, we'll be doing the people's post game on some of the weeknight games for basketball season. So uh, hopefully everybody will continue to tune in. We love having y'all's participation and feedback during these. It makes it a lot of fun. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Did you know the Maui Classic was played in Lubbock, Kyle? I, I saw that on Twitter today. I guess – I guess Hawaii is West Texas. Yeah. All right. Love y'all.